This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. to Bedtime Drinks with Rachel. I'm almost all the way done with mine. <laughs> but at least I remembered one this time. It is good to see you. I hope you've had a good month. Have we? Did I? We missed September, didn't we? I know. It's so hard. Well, we planned on taking a break in August and then made, took one of those accidental breaks in September because like we started September and I was like hey it's September and then I blinked and then it was October <laughs> which is okay I have, I have grace for me I appreciate you having grace for me too uh, welcome to our Facebook live where we are talking this week about making your mind up about Halloween now this is the uh, Facebook live talking about uh, making your mind up about Halloween for people who have children who are under five. You won't be kicked out if you don't, but I'm just saying, we're gonna be talking about that narrow age range, which can be one of the first sort of thought processes that we have to go through as we have a kid, and now we look around and go, well, what do we think about this now? Now we've had, and for some of us who have had under fives you know, in the last couple of years, this may be the first time that you're thinking, what do I think about this? And that's a really good place to be, I find. Uh, there can be out there in the world sort of um, understandings, depending on the churchmanship you come from, of, of what you should think about Halloween and what a good Christian parent would do about Halloween and how we engage with it or not engage with it. And uh, sometimes it's just, as with a lot of parenting, particularly with under fives, a lot of information coming at you and a lot of opinions coming at you. And uh, I believe that Halloween is one of those moments where we as parents have to sort of go, okay, well, what do I, what do I think about this? And how do I decide what we're gonna do about it? But this is also a super open topic. So feel free to ask any question around any of this fear, night, sleep, scary things, scary movies, images, whatever, whatever is popping up for you in Halloween, feel free to ask about it and we'll do that. As normal, I have a couple of stuff to say that might get your brain thinking. I'll pray for you, and then we'll answer as many questions and answers as we have time for. So feel free to start qu- typing in your question now. If you if you were coming to this with a thought of, I'd really like her to say something about this, just write it down now. We'll make sure that we get to it. Uh, I have one of my team members, Iona. She's, uh, she's a good colleague of mine, and she's capturing them all and making sure that I don't miss anything. Uh, so how do we, as a parent of a small person, make up our mind about Halloween? Well, depending on where you are in the world, uh, it's celebrated incredibly different ways. And uh, I find that sometimes there's such pressure to get it right, to get it right and to know what you think. And so for me, the first thing that I would suggest, I have a couple of things to think through, but the first thing that I would suggest is to proactively decide what we think. Now, <laughs> This sounds strange, but so often what happens is we just sort of get, <laughs> get carried away. We got them finally to school, or they finally settled in nursery, and now we're like, oh, it's October. And we sort of just get swept in the whew thing, and sometimes we engage in ways that we wish we hadn't, or sometimes we just like try to duck our heads and hide from it. We try to dodge the bullet of deciding what we think. And I would like to suggest that the path of peace 
is actually taking the time to sit down and have the awkward conversations and to talk with yourself and others and friends and partners about it and actually wrestle with it to wade in and go, hold on, what do I actually think? Because I know what lots of other people actually think and I'm not sure I've actually decided right now. And so I would suggest that you that you wade into that because per, for me, and you could disagree with me, with Halloween, there are so many different ways that people engage with it and everybody feels like they have a biblical basis for it so you have people who feel like they shouldn't engage at all with halloween that they find in scripture that we shouldn't engage with anything of evil and so they say no as a family we're not and on the other side you have people who are like jesus can redeem everything and therefore we are god was to walk in and evangelize in the middle of these places and be unaffected by it and you could be anywhere on the scale of that and I, when I look at Romans 14, um, what I see is Paul sort of treating these, <clears throat> these disputable matters, he calls them, uh, in, in Scripture of, of, of how one person's faith allows them to eat anything, and others people's faith says only vegetables, and some people say that they can do this, and other people can say that they can eat meat or don't eat meat or abstain from this or not abstain from this. And within the Christian community, there was debate about these things. And he says, basically, in Romans 14, who are you to judge somebody else's servant? You have to stand before God, and they have to stand before God and say, this is what I've decided because this is what I feel you've called us to. This is what I feel, God, you have said is right. And we all are accountable to God for our decisions. And so, therefore, it kind of is up to us to say, I see your point, I see your point, I see your point. This is what I think, and therefore, this is what I think for our family right now and to feel confident to do that. And so I would suggest that you take that time to give yourself permission to take the time to ask yourself the tough questions. How was I raised? Um, what are other people's opinions and do I agree with them? What issues about it makes me feel uncomfortable? What what am I feeling stirred in me that I think is right? So proactively decide and deliberately go to God. Go to scripture and take that scripture and go to God and say, God, what are you asking of us? Who are we as a family? And what are we to do with Halloween? Because that is a really important question that sometimes we miss out. We look for the, what's the right answer? As opposed to what is God's direction and answer for us in this season? So one, wade into it and figure it out. Um, the second thing that I think can be really helpful is to feel comfortable to explain to your kids your thought process. Often we feel like, what do I say to my kid? about this and sometimes that's because we haven't actually felt that we've had the time to catch up with those things and so when you do you can talk about how are you going to choose to describe Halloween and are you going to make a big deal of it or a small deal of it are you going to say this is what the world does and this is how we choose to engage with it or are you just going to say eh, it's a thing and sure we can do this or no we're not going to do that are you going to make a big deal of it are you going to equip them to deal with that answer you know when they're in nursery sometimes they will be coloring pictures that you don't like and to equip them to say if you see a picture that you don't like if you see a picture that you think mm, i'm not sure me and jesus would want to color this today and so you can just say excuse me i don't like this picture can i please have another one and equip them practice with them do some role play of Ooh, what if i give you a picture of something you don't like you can say no i don't like spiders no thank you can i please have a picture of a horse and to practice with them because i think sometimes what happens is if we just say 
this is what this is, and we don't equip them to engage with it, then they'll feel a bit powerless. And we never want our kids to feel powerless, particularly in dealing with, with a conflict of how the world does something and how we do something. And so when we can equip them to do that, it feels really important. And I just wanted you to also feel powerful to be confident to adjust how you want. It is okay for you to adjust to what your beliefs say. And so whether it's not engaging with something, whether it's engaging with something in a different way, if your kid's nursery sends home a, we're gonna all dress up as skeletons and witches with brooms, uh, for, for you know, room on a broom or something like that, and we're all gonna come in with witches, feel free to say, well, that's not something we're comfortable with, but we will come as a animal, as a tree, as something else. Absolutely, we'll, you know, we'll do it in something that makes me feel more comfortable. Or that's the day that we're just going to go someplace else if you choose to not engage with that. Or they can come as the lantern, whatever you want. Feel free to be confident to adjust to what makes you feel comfortable so that you are training your kid that not everything in the world is going to be something of of God or is going to be something that we want to engage with in a specific way. And so this is how we cope with it. This is how we do it peacefully and not afraid. This is how we engage or not engage in a way that is respectful and kind and protects what we feel is right for me and God. And so that all of that comes out of the root of you feeling like you thought it through and thought through these things. And it's okay to not sh be sure of what you think yet when something pops up when something comes home from school or you see something in a in a shop to go mm, i'm not sure i'm ready to explain that right now so you go down a different direction but i would suggest you go down a different direction and then think about what are we going to say next time we pass by that shop and there's things there if if I want to take this opportunity to explain things to my kid, how am I going to explain it? Okay, this is how I feel. All right, I'm ready to do that. And you could feel ready to do that now or think, not this year. They're not ready for it this year. Next year, I'll explain it. However you do it, when you begin to feel that confidence to say, I don't have to be like everybody else. I can be who I'm called to be with these specific kids can be a really helpful position. And the last thing I would suggest is to don't, <laughs> I'm going to say this, it's not a very kind way of saying it, but I just want to say, don't judge other people for what they choose to. I think once we've thought in our own minds and got it to the point where we're like, yeah, this is right. This is what I feel is right before God for us. Then it's really easy to be like, and that's that's what you've chosen for your family. Interesting. <laughs> and you can sort of side judge those other people. And they are parents, just like us, trying to figure it out, not necessarily getting it right or not necessarily getting it wrong. They are accountable to God for their choices and their family. And our job is to make space for each other and to say whatever's right for you and your family. I want to support, encourage, bless. And to be a community of people who really back each other up in that. If there's something that makes some other family uncomfortable, how can I adjust myself around that to still make other families feel included, loved, seen, all of that stuff. We are a community of Christian parents who will always be different from each other. But we share the same goal of pleasing God with our choices and actions. And I think the more we can normalize that you may choose differently than me, and that's okay because we both love God and we're both trying to do it. And I want to make sure I'm creating the space for your kid in the way that you create space for mine is a really important community because then we can talk and we can share and we can laugh and we can make mistakes and we can change and say I tried this and I'm not sure I'm going to try that next week or next year and next time it comes around I'm going to do something different that's all right we're all on a journey of figuring out how we feel about it and so how you make up your mind about Halloween 
is is about knowing that it's about your mind to make up and you look at scripture you listen to people's advice but most of all you pay attention to who god is shaping you and your family to be you, you, you make a call on it. You equip your kid. You talk to your kid about it. And you help them create that space for them to explore. Be confident in your choices. And then be happy and accepting of others who are on that journey too. So I'm sure there are some questions that are coming up for you now. Uh, but what about this? Or what about this? Or how your kids are engaging with things? So I just wanted to pray for us. And then I will start answering questions. Uh, and it could be about anything. Halloween, fear, worry, scary masks, movies, whatever you want. Um, let's, let's talk. Uh, but God, thank you so much for who you are. And that you walk alongside of us in discipleship. That you are the Father parenting us as we parent our children. And God, there's so many things in the world that uh, appear complicated and frustrating and opportunities and, and who we choose to be and how we choose to walk our little people in those things before you can uh, sometimes be a burden. And I pray that you would release um, that fear and stress and worry from our shoulders that we may be confident parents choosing what we feel is right for our children based on what you have said and what you are saying to us. Pray that you would fill us with your peace about this season, uh, that we may, with clear eyes before you, walk with you uh, through it, that our children may navigate and know how to be in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, so I have a couple of questions coming in. One, my son gets scared so much by dressed-up figures, especially if they have scary eyes or move. He talks about it for months after, and it affects his sleep. How to respond to bring peace so that he doesn't continue in fear? That's really a good question. Um, some of the things I think are to be able to talk about that. So I'm wondering if some of the things you can do are create windows into things that get stuck in your head. Sometimes what kids um, need to know is the mechanisms of how the brain works. And so sometimes what I'll do to explain to two-year-olds or three-year-olds is say, my brain takes pictures. And I'll show them taking pictures on my phone. And then it's stored in my phone. It's right there so that I can look at it later. And my brain's doing that all the time. Click, it's taking pictures. Click, it's taking pictures. And particular things that are surprising, my brain takes a picture so I can think about it later. And that's what happens in our brain is our brain keeps picking up that picture and saying, what is this picture? Tell me more about this. And it's a scary picture for us. And it makes us feel afraid. And so that's just something our brain naturally does. And so what we can do is to tell our brain, no, I'm not going to think about this picture. Let's think of a different picture. And you begin to give your kids equipping of what to do when you have a picture in your head. Particularly for under fives, that's a hard mechanism for them because they don't quite have an internal dialogue yet. They're not spending a lot of time internally dialoguing um, in a way that they can engage with. But you can say is, oh, we got that picture that's in our head. We're gonna say nope to that picture. Let's crumple it up, crumple it up, crumple it up, throw it away. And now let's think of the most beautiful picture that we can think of. Oh, do you remember that time that we went into that boat and the things were splashing? And you help them, you help them sensorily remember something different. And then maybe start telling God a story. I love with kids in bed telling them a story of our favorite story, like their favorite Octonauts episode or something. They can talk for hours telling God that story. And so we teach them the skill of when when our brain tries to pop that picture up and we say no. But also it's our job 
to say, I don't want that picture in my head. So if we know that there are going to be scary dressings up or things like that, then how can we protect our eyeballs from not picturing those things? And so if I can help you with that. So I know one family who would say, oh, I think we're going to walk down a place that will have scary pictures in the windows so what are we going to do to protect our eyes and the kid was like i want to close my eyes and so then they would like they would like do a little fun walk through it uh or they would be like i'm going to look at the floor and count the things and they decided to have ways of things because they knew this is going to scare me i don't want that picture in my head and so i'm going to do something to manage that and if it does get stuck in my head i know what to do i crumple it up throw it away and i put the good pictures in my head and i talk about it and i dream about it and I tell God about it, and I and I, I engage with Him in it, and say I don't want that picture in my head anymore, God. And so sometimes it's about feeling that that is a normal thing that happens, and it's hard, and it's tough. You can also create windows into your life of I know when that pit happens to me, this is what I do about it, and that helps normalize it too. That it's not just your child having a sensitive thing; it's that's a normal person thing that happens, and that's tough. And so this, I'm here to help you figure that out. Um, because uh, that can that can happen. Sometimes it's also helpful to talk through them the mechanisms of fear. Sometimes things are scary because they are new, or sometimes they're scary because we're worried that we're going to get hurt by it. And so sometimes what you can do is break down the, that's a scary image. I wonder why that's a scary image. Is it a scary image because you're worried it's going to come? Are you? Is it a scary image just because it was a surprise and it was unusual? And so then you can talk through what makes people feel afraid because sometimes, depending on what your kid and how your kid likes talking, that may demystify the fear to go, oh, so, you know, sometimes I get scared when I see something that is unusual. It surprises me and makes me wonder and makes me feel out of control. But that's not a real thing. We can say, no, that's pretend. And however you want to do it, you can break it down. Uh, right. Uh, another comment is, I need to remember that answer because my biggest problem is not worrying about what others do. Yes. But being judged by other Christians about us going trick-or-treating with our kids. Some are very judgmental about it and not shy. <laughs> yes. It's tough. And we live in this Christian community that, that there are many things that other people don't do that I do or that I don't do that they do. And part of becoming mature Christians is part of the figuring out how to honor each other's journey. And it can be really painful when people judge you, particularly when you feel like they're saying you're doing it wrong. And uh, this will not be the first time another parent will tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> and so figuring out how within me to say, you know, I, I, I get that opinion and I understand that. But, you know, this is this is what we've decided is right before us and God. And um, and you may need to explain it to your kids that not everyone's going to always approve with what your choices were before God. And that's going to be tough. Sometimes that makes you feel sad. And sometimes that makes you think, oh, maybe I'm doing it wrong. But I went back and I chatted to God about it. And I looked at the Bible and I listened to what God was saying. And I thought, no, this is right for us. And this is why. And then you have an interesting conversation with your kid. And so it is, it is hard to do that. But I think for me, it's just that sense of saying, I have proactively thought about this. This is not an unconscious decision. I have chosen this, and this is why. And that can make you feel um, settled in it, as opposed to just blindsided by it. Um, how do we handle things that come from school that don't sit well with what we've chosen for our family? Um, so uh, one thing you can do is prep your kid for that, to say, you know, there's a season. And sometimes they celebrate things that I don't feel comfortable celebrating. And then you have to decide why. Uh, and so sometimes that takes a little bit. Why? Because because I don't like celebrating things that are scary or 
those things aren't real. And when I let my brain think about those not real things, then I let my brain sit in fear, not the lot, however you want to describe it. Um, you decide, or oh, I don't want to celebrate things that are separate from God. However you choose to do it, however you choose to say about it, you can explain why. And you can explain, sometimes that happens at my work, sometimes that happens at other people's work. Uh, and so, and that's hard to know what to do. And so depending on how old your kid is, you may want to equip them in how to answer back when they're having a party or they're you know, all wearing spider hats or something. You can decide how you want to engage with that to say, I'm not comfortable with that and go talk to the teacher. Just say, you seem to be doing a lot of this and we're not comfortable with most of that. And so therefore, can you let me know when you're going to have your big party and I'll happily take my kid out for lunch that day or you can say you know actually would you mind just adding sometimes what happens is we either go for no engagement or full engagement and sometimes what can happen with school is just can you just add a choice a choice in the pictures of coloring and the crafts that we're doing of you can do a something we can do lots of things you can make something and can you add something that isn't about scariness or things that i would perceive as evil like one of these and give them three options because teachers are busy and tired and if we could just come alongside say if you could just add one choice in there so that my kid can choose and engage that would be great um and so sometimes it's about coming into that thing and just saying i, I need you to adjust or i can equip my kid to adjust and feel confident to just do a little bit of disobedience. If everyone's supposed to come in in a certain outfit, send them in a superhero outfit and be like, eh, that was a fancy dress we had, you know. Uh, and so I would suggest that you you either help them modify it or you go and talk to the school and just say, can you add a, can you just broaden it a little bit so that my kid can engage? And if not, that's totally okay. I'm totally happy just taking them out for that moment or, you know, having a special day with them. That's okay. I'll just need a little dispensation for it. But to feel comfortable and not angry that I need to control the school, but I can help the school react to me can be a helpful place. And they're often quite positive about that. Um, preschool make a big deal about Halloween. They've had decorations up since the beginning of October. So now my nearly four-year-old is obsessed with it. She asked for a Halloween party for her birthday. We've compromised with a light party, but I feel like I'm walking a very fine line of what I'm comfortable with. Um, yeah, it can be hard when the world is hyping it up. And so I think my question to you would be to... Um, to spend some time thinking about what the fine line is that you're uncomfortable with. Is it because of the way you've arrived at your light party? Like you feel like you like you got sucked into this thing and you never would have wanted to do it on your own. And so now you feel like you're doing that. You know, you sort of, if you had chosen completely, you wouldn't have chosen to do it. And now you're doing it and you feel like you're trapped into that. Um, at which point you can just think about it, watch it, and go, you know what, next year we're not going to do it. We're going to do something else, or we're just going to ignore it. Or we can say, you know, I did it last year, and I don't think I want to do it again this year because it made me feel this way. So you can either feel the, feel, go ahead with it and then adjust next year. Um, but I think exploring that really interesting idea of what you said, of uh, it's a very fine line of what I'm comfortable with, I'd like to know why you're uncomfortable with that. And, and what you would be comfortable and won't be comfortable with. And if you were planning from scratch, if you could take four steps back and ignore everything that was happening, what would you actually choose to do? And then you can, you can try that next year and then have more of a run up to that. Um, because, you know, one, one event, they're constantly changing and growing. And we can say we're going to have a one-off of this. And next year we probably won't do it because of this and however you want. But um, explore that uncomfortability moment and say, you know, if I'm coming to it, this is what I would want to do. 
Um, my son has started attending preschool and he's being exposed to spooky things, which he thinks is exciting and new. I'm not sure how to help him see things differently. My seven-year-old is bought into and owns that we create light and all things good at Halloween instead. So she's on board, but I'm not sure if it's just that he is older and more aware and that once we put the focus somewhere else, he'll come along with us. Uh, sometimes the word spooky can be an interesting word because they often don't have a equated word for it. It's a new word. It's a new idea. It's a enjoyment of being afraid, which for some under fives who only ever experience I'm afraid and it's terrible uh, is like a whoo, what a, it's a playing way of being afraid, which is a different idea of engaging with fear in a way that isn't terrifying. And so it can be an intriguing idea for people to do this spooky thing. And so some of it is saying, I don't like playing being afraid. Or, um, you know, when, when we say it's spooky, what does that mean? And have them explain to you what spooky means to them and why and what is fun about that. And then you can say, hmm, I just actually enjoy just laughing. I don't like, do you like being surprised? Like I hate being surprised, I hate being surprised. Uh, and some people love being surprised. And I wonder what it is about being sort of like afraid in a safe way that people like, because it's not something that I think I want to put in my brain that being afraid is fun because that makes me get really close to all the fear things. And that's not something I want from my heart. And so sometimes it's just about letting them have somewhere to engage with that idea of what does spooky mean? Why do people think it's fun? Do you think it's fun? What's fun about it? Um, what makes you feel uncomfortable about it? Um, how often it translates over into something that you don't like and what's more fun in that place is joyful. And so I think you can you can adjust that, but I think that's probably what's happening is it's a new concept that there hasn't been framed yet and you can engage with that. Um, suggestions for how to explain the idea of ghosts to a three-year-old. Oh man, uh, I'm not particularly bothered by the Casper looking ones, but when I say they are pretend like unicorns or something, it doesn't feel totally true. We are also struggling with explaining that God is real and not pretend, so I want to navigate carefully. Um, yes, that can be hard, particularly with a three-year-old, because you're right, they're reality fiction blend, and that's a normal thing for brains to do. Uh, that's a normal thing, and it's, it takes years for them to begin to identify what's real and pretend. And so some of it is that to sort of embrace the season, that they're not going to get it completely all the time, and that's okay. Uh, and so some of it is sort of going, okay, ghosts is part of the supernatural idea. And it does sort of in, in their head fit into it. There is a God who I can't see who's real and engages with us. Therefore, logic dictates that a ghost who is invisible and real and can engage with us makes total sense. And so what you're dealing with is, is what is the difference and why is ghost something that's not something. And, and so what you can say is, this is what I believe. God is real and here and present and talks to me. And ghosts, well, and then you take it through the question. I don't see it in scripture, or you do see it in scripture. Um, God says that we're not to engage with things that are dead or of those things. And so whether or not it is, it's just something that I don't want in my life. So I just say, no, thank you. Because the only the only person that I can't see in my life is Jesus. And you can sort of go, you can sort of talk it through and engage with it. But what they're trying to create is a structure for the supernatural. And how whatever your churchmanship says 
that supernatural looks like because you know different churches have different experiences different theologies of what that is but to sit down and say you know i've i've sat down with under fives with charts and been like this is god this is jesus these are supernatural things and those are the things we just don't ignore engage with these you know because there's angels and uh, and so sometimes it's just about coping with anything that we feel like isn't from god or sent from god we just say nope and uh, whether they're not real or whether we're wondering about it, we just say, are you from God? I don't think so. We dismiss it. And so um, you can navigate carefully on that, but just know you're going to have to have that conversation a lot because they're going to forget it and then wonder and then change their mind. Uh, and so you can then broaden that theology later. Um, depending on how much you talk about the supernatural in your church community. Um, some of the Halloween imagery has got my three-year-old asking if magic and witches and ghosts are real. How to be honest without causing fear. Um, my main advice about trying to be honest without causing fear is to not look afraid. Because if we're going, it's super scary, and what we do is behind from it, and we're completely powerless to it, so we're just like, no, 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 and we sort of, and we get away from it, we run away, then that tells them that that is more powerful than the God that they serve. And we know that scripture says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And so whatever that stuff that we want to explain it, and however we want to explain those things, to be able to say, it's not something that I'm afraid of. I know how to deal with it when it comes up because I know that Jesus says I'm more powerful and I just do what Jesus did. Um, but there are some people who think these things out there and who try these things and who try to manipulate the world and try to manipulate God and try to engage with other things that could potentially give them power so they can be more powerful. And that's not, that's not something that I want to engage with because God says to just run to him and he is the one with the ultimate power. Um, but it's out there and people think lots of different things and people try to engage with it in lots of different ways. But it's not from a place of, of, of the holiness of God. And so therefore we go, no thank you, uh, because that's not how, if, if you're on the no thank you thing. Um, however you choose to do it, explaining it to them and saying, this is what I see. This is what I feel like God says. This is what I don't know. And this is how I choose to engage with it. And this is how, how we as a family are going to engage with it, not engage with it respond when it happens around us, um, what we can say when people bring it up at school, um, however you want uh, to have them do that is completely up to you. But it's when you don't look afraid and you tell them exactly why you don't feel afraid because of who God is and what you expect them to do. Um, and so I think some of it is just helping them understand. Often for children, if they don't understand, it's it's scary. If they understand, then it's just one more thing like leaves on trees. Leaves on trees look like magic until you explain it, and then it's like, wow, well, it's science. And so sometimes when you're looking at witches or Wicca or those things like that, you go, okay, well, this is what is happening. This is how people explain it. This is how I see it, and this is how we engage with it. And all of a sudden it becomes as uninteresting as leaves. Um, as the church, how can we teach into this when our families are all somewhere on the spectrum of views? Uh, I think you can, I suggest that you would teach into it in ways that talk about how to make up your own mind about things. Um, so pull out Romans 14 about how for some people it's this and some people it's this and we're accountable to God. And how do you engage with God in that process? Or pull out how Paul, you know, went to the tomb of the unknown God and right in the middle of a whole bunch of worship and did this, or how they made rules about, you know, eating food sacrificed to idols and how everyone was trying to deal with being a Christian in a world that was muddy. And how do we make up our decisions about that? And how do we respect and honor each other in that season? 
uh, would be what I would suggest. But I gotta go now, folks. But I think I reached all of those questions. So uh, see you next month. I forgot what's happening next month. I know I'll put it in the thing. But uh, I hope that's been helpful to you, and I will talk to you next month. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.